I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. God. Thanks be to God. Amen. 
So I, 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 I love this quote. I said it before here. Um, but Mark Twain once said, it ain't the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts that I do understand that bother me. And I'm pretty sure when he, when he, when he said that, he must have been speaking about like one of three passages, one of them having to be the transfiguration, because there is just a lot going on in this story. A lot. And there's a lot in this story that we can distance ourselves from. Look, I get there's something special going on here, but I don't really get it. I don't really want to understand it. And quite frankly, we might be more comfortable being in that uncertainty than actually finding ourselves in the certainty that this text offers. And so it's this strange story. We gotta be upfront about that. It is just a weird story. Up to this point, Jesus has done other weird things. He has healed people and he has raised people from the dead, all that sorts of Jesus-y stuff that he does. But this, this, even for Jesus, is sort of over the top. First of all, he takes three, only three of his disciples to the mountaintop. Why the secrecy, Jesus? Which three of you are going to come with me up to Mount Vernon later? I'm going to take you, Allie, and Carly, and hmm, Dollier. The three of you are going to come up on the mountain. I've got something to tell you later. Jesus only takes three of his disciples up to the hill, and they get to the top of the mountaintop, and maybe he changes, or he metamorphosizes, or he transforms. It says he glows. And it says that his countenance is changed. He just shines. He's glimmering. And there's this oxymoronic language that is used. It says a bright cloud overshadowed them. It's like the text is purposely trying to confuse us. And then dead people are there. There's Elijah. And there's Moses, and they're just hanging out with Jesus on the mountaintop, like they're, they're around a water cooler. And then a voice echoes out of the sky, and the voice says, this is my son, my beloved. We've heard these words before at Jesus' baptism, and I'm so very pleased with him. And there's a lot in this text that is just archaic and symbolic and inaccessible and just strange. And in the middle of all that, there is, though, one sentence that is crystal clear. It's unmistakable. And it's, it's like it should be highlighted in bold and italics and also underlined. This is my son. Listen to him. It ain't the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts I do understand. And so can I be honest, Jesus may, Jesus may not be the embodiment of the Messiah that I was ever hoping for. Like, I want a Messiah who can come and kind of bless my life exactly as it is and help me reach all my plentiful goals. Got a goal for everything. 
so many goals. And just one chapter before the transfiguration, though, Jesus paints this entirely different picture of what kind of Messiah he really is. We find out he's not really here to bless us and help us achieve all of life's goals, but he's here to bid us come and die. Just one chapter before, Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to die, to take up your cross and follow me. That's not exactly the Messiah we were hoping for. And then the next chapter, after the transfiguration, Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to go and be handed over to my enemies, those who wish to do us harm. I'm going to go into Jerusalem and they are going to kill me. We thought this Messiah was going to come and help us conquer the world. Not to be conquered by the world. Jesus is not exactly the Messiah we've been waiting on. You've got to deny yourself and you've got to love your enemies. And woven, masterfully in between, Jesus' two hardest teachings. Deny yourself and love your enemies. Matthew tells us the story of the transfiguration. <coughs> right in between those two cross beams of the gospel, deny yourselves and love your enemies, and right between those, Matthew highlights the basic good news. This is God's son. Listen to him. Recognizing the presence of God in the person and way of Jesus and then responding in obedience to that God. These are the two legs on which we walk towards the cross and the empty tomb. This Lent, this is my son. Listen to him. Usually, though, we're better at one than the other. Usually we have gifts for one or the other. We have gifts for either recognizing the divine and totally ignoring it and be, not being obedient, <laughs> or we have gifts for being obedient, getting caught up in all the actions, being as faithful as we can, and we fail to recognize the, the divinity and the mystery in all of it. Like, does that make sense? Some of us are good at pontificating, talking a whole lot about how God loves us and who God is and how we should love our enemies and how we should be reconciled with everybody, and, but we don't actually do a darn thing about it. And then some of us roll up our sleeves and engage in this work of discipleship, trying to be as faithful as we possibly can be and put our nose to the grindstone until we work and are worn down and are weary and just as dead as ever. And we become so obedient to the point that we fail to recognize the divinity that is right in front of us. So this Transfiguration Sunday in the midst of this bright cloud, the church reminds us that there are two pillars to faith, to this following Jesus thing. There are two pillars, the recognition of God's way in Jesus, and God's person in Jesus, and obedience. This is my son, listen to him. They go hand in hand, we cannot move without both. This is my son, the one who came preaching love, loving your enemies, seeking reconciliation, and this is my son, the way, listen to him. One's not really all that good without the other. The God of Israel has always been really big on this kind of proclamation and response thing. This is my son, proclamation. Listen to him, response. 
You may have noticed the rhythm of proclamation and response in our liturgy at Kingstown. We kind of sneak it in there every week. We begin to shape you to be people who both hear God's word, recognize God's way, and then respond in faithfulness to that. We did it in our call to worship this morning as we turned that way. We, we gathered here, I proclaimed why we were gathered today, and then you responded what you intended to do about that today. How you intended to receive that Shabbat. We aim to be people who encounter God and respond in faithfulness. It's woven into our entire service. The Lord be with you. Y'all are awful at this. The Lord be with you. The word of God for the people of God. And then someone holds out a piece of bread telling you what it is we believe. It is. What it means. And then you put out your hands in response, in obedience, to receive it and to be nourished by it. And every act of call and response throughout our worship, it's as if I'm proclaiming to you, this is God's son. And it's as if you are responding, then we will listen to him. This is also probably why the church on this day likes to talk a lot about Moses. Another person, another time, God took someone up on a mountain and gave him Ten Commandments, and Moses kind of glowed, it said. He was illuminated. Something changed, and he could see anew the way of God, and then he comes down the mountain with this list of what it looks like to be obedient to who that God is. The Ten Commandments were to be God's, God's people's way of living hand in hand in recognition of who God is and obedience to who God is. These commandments were never meant for a courthouse. They were never meant for a nation. They were made for God's people who can recognize what God's up to and respond to it. This is my son, listen to him. And when this happens in people, this happens in people like you and me, when these two twin sisters of faith, recognition and obedience, meet, you just glow. You become transfigured. You can see clearly. When I, when I watch it happen in other people, it's like I'm transfixed by it. About 15 years ago, the United Methodist Church started having this peace conference every year at Lake Junaluska. And so if you've been a lifelong Methodist, you might know what Lake Junaluska is. It's like our version of purgatory. You go someplace, you are made perfect, and then you come back. It's a camp. <laughs> Anyways, about 15 years ago, in response to the war in Iraq, the church was like, hey, it's been going on for 12 years now, and it's time we do something about this, say something about this. And so we had this peace conference to talk about what our response should be. What is the United Methodist response to the war in Iraq? War in general. And in the middle of that conference, this woman named Celeste stood up and she was in this terribly dark place in her life and she was a gold star mother who had just lost her son in Iraq. So she stood up and she told her story and we prayed for her and, and the people surrounded her and laid hands on her and anointed her with oil and people wept with her. 
And then we left. About five years later, she was back at a similar conference, and she was the keynote speaker. But something had changed in her. It's like she had been transfigured. Her life was still irreparably damaged, but her countenance was different. Her testimony this time was that she's an elementary school teacher and a member of First United Methodist Church in Germantown, Pennsylvania, and she moved into telling us how she knew God was calling her now to do something in response to the crucifixion she had experienced. But what could she do? She's just an elementary school teacher in Germantown, Pennsylvania. But she kept going to church and hearing Jesus say things like, love your enemies and take up your cross and follow me. And her cross was obvious, but the call to follow Jesus was not so obvious to her. What could she do? She's just an elementary school teacher. Until eventually she realized, I'm an elementary school teacher. She felt God calling her to do something, to partner with elementary schools in Iraq. What could she do in that place? She started just with the basics, some simple steps like making contact with them, finding out what they needed. She started doing some basic curriculum stuff and then she found out that there was this huge shortage of schools for girls. Well, what would you do? What do you do with that? And she started asking more questions and long story short, by the, by the time she was talking with us, she had opened her first school for girls in Iraq that otherwise would not have had an education and otherwise may not have had meals. And in her words, her own words, she said, if, if she could help the next generation of mothers be raised there and here, their sons may not kill each other. And she glowed. Like she glowed. It was as if she was transfigured. It was like light was emanating from her as she spoke from the stage. And she had heard and she had recognized the way of God in the world. And even though she didn't know the next step, she followed in obedience. Every step God took, she took. She saw Jesus and she listened to him. And it was like light. This is my son. Jesus is my son. He is my way made flesh in the world. Listen to him. I don't know what the son is calling you to do. I don't know what that way looks like for your life. Probably does not look as grandiose as starting elementary schools in Iraq, but it could, it might. It might be God calling you to just simply reconcile relationship with a loved one. It might be God calling you to engage in some kind of mission work with our church or beyond our church. It might be God calling you to engage in building communion with other disciples at Kingstown or or with your neighbors, you don't even know their names. What I do know is that God keeps calling you in a bright cloud to follow. And I know that this God does not stop calling you until you listen to him. 
And the way that leads to life is recognizing as God and then following in obedience. This is my son, listen to him. Would you pray with me? God, show us your glory. The glory that is of your son. God, we sit for a second and we listen for how you are calling us today. weighed down by grief and illness. With financial distress. With depression. to you is just to turn to you, to trust you in their lives. We also remember those who are too busy, too successful, too distracted, who have their lives so together that they don't have room for you. Perhaps the call is to repent in dust and ashes this week and to listen to you. As we enter this season of Lent, God, we want to pay attention to the prayer that you taught us to pray. The prayer that tells the story of how you are the son of God and you are the way for the world and that all we have to do is listen to you. And so we join in the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
Jesus, the image of